Thank you for joining us for Three Bees on the Law podcast, hosted by Trisha Barita, Camille Canali, and Susan Dawson. Disclaimer, this podcast is for entertainment and informational purposes only, not meant to provide legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. Also remember, laws change or they differ by jurisdiction. So this is not a substitute for seeking legal counsel in your jurisdiction on the current law applicable to you. Welcome back to Three Bs on the Law. So today we're going to be talking about uh, the hot topic um, around America with vaccines and certainly something that has been on many employers' minds as vaccines start to sort of open up state by state. We're starting to see people, you know, under the age of 80 getting (laughs) vaccinated, um, under the age of 70, under the age of 60. So, uh, let's kind of just discuss sort of what should be on your mind if you haven't decided what you're going to be doing with your employees and vaccines. Camille, what's going on in California with vaccines? Um, So we still do have some groups that are restricted. I know they have moved it down uh, and people with underlying health conditions can now get vaccinated. I think they've moved it down to 65 uh, and older can now all get vaccinated. I'm not sure they've moved it down much further than that. We're still having issues getting enough supply here uh, in Los Angeles County. And here you don't get a choice of which vaccine you get. You show up and you get whatever they happen to have. I don't know if it's like that uh, in Texas or not. Yeah, I think that is that is how it is in Texas. And of course, in Texas, you know, uh, they caused quite a bit of commotion when they did, you know, their mask order was lifted by um, by Governor Abbott. And, and then more recently have now caused more of a commotion with their whole, now anybody can get vaccinated. They're no longer going to have any sort of restrictions on age or, um, you know, you having to meet some type of requirements. Interestingly enough, though, I did, I did see something from the Texas Health Department where they said, even though they're opening it up to everyone all the way down to 16 years of age, no health requirements, that if you are above the age of 80, and you didn't get a vaccine that you can just show up anywhere and they're supposed to put you at the front of the line. I was like, well, how's all that going to work? So um, I'm glad, Camille, that I'm not in the business of giving vaccines out for sure. I, I don't envy that um, that issue for, for right. those businesses. And I know appointments at times can be very hard to come by here. So even if you qualify for the vaccine, I know people, at least I'm hearing on the news and things like that, that people are still having trouble getting their first appointment. And obviously, once you've got your first appointment, you've automatically got a second one. Uh, So I think that's kind of one of the issues that's happening here with respect to vaccines in general. Yeah. And uh, of course, the CDC, you know, it's been dropping little, you know, guidance here and there. If you're vaccinated, you know, these, these things, um, uh, you can do these things now versus, you know, individuals that are not vaccinated. And you know, I don't think they've waved the checker flag right on uh, COVID, you know, if you're vaccinated, but they, they've given us some sort of guidance, right, Camille? I mean, um, it's hopeful. I think they're basing it off of, you know, what they say are some studies related to individuals that are vaccinated that you can now gather indoors, you know, with fully vaccinated people without wearing a mask, um, to some extent. And, um, you know, the idea of getting together with individuals, um, that are vaccinated and not having to wear masks. That was interesting. I was a little surprised by that uh, when that came out. So 
um, certainly hopeful for businesses and employers that are looking to sort of get back to some type of, you know, in-person workplace. Yeah. And I mean, you know, here, obviously, like teachers, healthcare providers, all of those people are on the current uh, vaccination list, uh, frontline workers, grocery store workers, those kinds of uh, workers are all in the process of hopefully being vaccinated because there's more exposure to them. Uh, but, you know, the regular general population here, we're still kind of creeping, creeping down that list <laughs> until we get our green light to get our vaccination. Um, but I think, Krisha, I don't know what you're seeing, but one of the things that the big question here is, um, if an employer doesn't want to have a mandatory vaccination policy, can they incentivize their employees? Um, yeah, incentives. Yeah, the incentives are super interesting. I mean, we've seen some big brands come out saying they're going to do this and they're going to do that. And, um, you know, it, the mandatory thing, I think everyone flirted with it, but not as many, uh, you know, employers felt confident that not only would it, could they do it in a legal way, because there were a bunch of requirements, of course, uh, related to mandatory vaccines. Um, but the they were, I think, a, I think a lot of employers were concerned about the culture, like that, you know, employees would just reject it because there's some, you know, there's just so much uh, differing opinions about this vaccine. And so, you know, I think some employers were concerned that if they made it mandatory that, you know, they would have maybe possibly a revolution of their employees of people that didn't want to get it. Or, you know, what if there was a stigmatism between the ones that get it and the ones that don't? And, you know, knowing that some of them may have some sort of exceptions for disability, is there going to be a cultural shift with that? So I think the incentivizing thing is something a lot of employers are looking at. Yeah, and I think a lot of employers, when it came down to it, just didn't want to deal with the potential Title VII and ADA implications that mandating the vaccine could have, because obviously uh, having to comply with additional laws if somebody wants to be exempt from that brings up a whole host of questions. So I think this idea of incentivizing employees is a great one, but, but. Perhaps, as you know, as lawyers, we always have a but. Um, it does come with uh, some issues as well. You know, nothing's perfect, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, so I think just to start us off here, I think, right, that, and we kind of talked about this, there's, there's some things that clearly OSHA had said, okay, you know, these are things you can do as an employer. And, and so, you know, confidently going with that, that that's recent OSHA guidance, even under the new administration, there are some things that you can do that are okay to encourage your employees to get vaccines, right, Camille? Yeah, and you know, the one, the big one I think is um, educating your employees on the benefits to both them and the business uh, for getting vaccinated. You know, there are things you can do. There's a CDC fact sheet on the vaccination that you can provide to your employees uh, to help them understand the benefits um, of the vaccination without actually mandating it. I also think there's a lot of great guidance by, um, you know, local or national hospitals where the physicians have come out and discussed these different vaccines, you know, the tests and the studies to, to kind of make people feel, you know, more comfortable about them. Because there, I feel like there's some people that are like, give it to me, whatever you got, I'm going to take this vaccine. Right. <laughs> and then, and then, <laughs> then, then there's this section of people that are like, you know, they normally get the flu shot or they most of the time get the flu shot and they're, they're pretty on board. They could get this back, but they're, they'd kind of like to watch the, 
rest of most of America do it and make sure it's okay first. Like you dive in, we'll, we'll all just see how that turns out. And then there's of course a whole section of people that either have, you know, reasons, you know, disability reasons or religious reasons, or, um, or just frankly, don't trust it because of, you know, the process, it was a, a much quicker process than a normal vaccine. And there was, you know, just been a lot of skepticism around that. So, um, you got all these different segments that are potentially part of your employee culture. How do you deal with that? And I think education would at least help with the first two, right? Right. And, and the next thing an employer can do is actually facilitate access to the vaccine. Um, and what I mean by that is the employer can provide information on how the employee and where the employee can make an appointment to get the vaccine. You know, so for example, here in Los Angeles County, we go on a website and register uh, to take the vaccine. And so I think an employer can take that step by providing the employee with the information as to where they can go get the vaccine and how to make that appointment to make it easier for them. Because it can be, especially when all of this information was coming out and they were starting up with this whole uh, vaccine process, it was a little confusing. I think it's still confusing, Camille, <laughs> because, yeah, like, yeah, I mean, you know, it is confusing and you're dealing with literally like generational differences in the, the fact that some of this is like um, you hit refresh, you hit refresh, like on these websites and, you know, text messages from, you know, it just depends where you are. It's certainly not uniform. I'm not sure if, you know, the United States ever had to go through this whole thing again, they might come up with some they might study to see which was the best state or the best counties that that pulled this off. But it has been a little confusing, certainly, and the education around that. So I think that's not a bad idea for the employers to kind of let them know. I'm still looking forward to the point of where, you know, at some point where the employers themselves can offer it, you know, like actually like their flu shots, you know, come on in, you know, incentivize, say, hey, we'll give you your free flu shot. You know, you can also you can also get the COVID vaccine. Obviously, we're not seeing that quite yet, but I think it's I think it's coming. It, it may very well be, and it, you know, here's the thing: you you never know. In five or ten years down the road, it may be one shot your COVID slash flu vaccine for the year. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> right um, here's your super shot. <laughs> super shot. Um, but you know, the other thing I think that's important for employers to make sure that their employees understand is that this vaccine is being offered at no cost to anyone who wants to be vaccinated at this juncture. And so I think that's really important, especially uh, to families who are very concerned about money and may not necessarily seek out medical care for financial reasons. Yeah. I think here in Texas, they may be taking insurance information, but I think that, um, if, if you can't afford it, you can, there's ways for you to get it. And certainly, um, that's being worked out and all the details of, I don't know all the details of it, uh, but uh, it's that shouldn't be the reason you're not getting the vaccine, basically, in, in the big gist. Nobody wants that to be the reason. And so there's plenty of different ways to work around or make sure that you get it. I know California, you said they've already, you know, made it quite clear that cost is not going to be an issue. Right. And so I think the last thing, Tricia, that we should talk about, and I know we were discussing this at length before we got started here today, <laughs> is the EOC and this whole issue with respect to financial incentives for employees to get the vaccine. 
Well, let, let me just cut you off there, Kamal. Like, let's just say, in you know, we don't we're not worried. We're in a free world. There's no there's no Title Seven. There's no EUSC. There's no Department of Labor. There's none of these government entities. And you could give you were an employer, and you could you had tons of money. You could give anything to these employees to incentivize them. I mean, what do you think would be the most incentivizing thing? I'm thinking like you know a raffle to for a trip to Cancun or like possibly you know an Xbox like. The, let's just say that like bigger than me. I'm thinking like, man, a Grubhub gift card or something like that. <laughs> so I'm going to on this one. I, a raffle to Cancun sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> but there's a question, right? Which is where you're going with this as to whether or not um, there is a line as to um, you, once you get past the educational pieces and the, and the cost issue, of how far can employers go? And there's a lot of brands that have already made the decision to go there. So uh, um, it's a question, right, Camille? Yeah, I mean, there are definitely companies here that I know have incentivized with cash um, their employees to get the vaccine once it becomes available to them. Uh, so I, I know employers are doing it, but whether or not that will come with some potential ramifications has yet to be seen. Yeah. And there was a, I think it was February 1st um, of this year, the the U.S. Chamber of Commerce and, and quite a few business um, organizations or organizations like representing businesses, cham you know, different chambers of commerce or different trade organizations wrote a combined letter to the EOC asking for clarification on these incentives because they, they were getting um, a lot of questions themselves and they wanted to see, can we get some guidance? Is it okay to incentivize the employees? you know, where do we draw the line? And, and so far the EEOC has been silent. Yes. Which is very unusual for the EEOC. <laughs> <laughs> so we're hoping for some guidance soon. And of course, uh, Trisha and I, and hopefully Susan will be able to join us. Um, we'll keep you updated on that. That's right. And, um, and I think that wraps it, Camille. I think so too. Thank you everybody for joining us on this episode of three B's on the law. Thank you for joining us on today's podcast of three B's on the law. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our podcast. We also welcome any comments. If you'd like to get in touch with us or suggest a future topic, you can email us at three T H R E E B's on the law at gmail.com. And because we're lawyers, we need to remind you that this podcast is not meant to provide you with legal advice and does not create an attorney client relationship. Thank you again for joining us and have a great day.